Welcome to Unbreakable Success. This is Aaron Keith Hawkins. Right now, you can get a free copy of my book, Million Dollar Influence, plus access to free training and free one-on-one coaching to improve your influence, relationships, and personal confidence. Just go to AaronKeithHawkins.com to get it all. That's AaronKeithHawkins.com. All right, Stephanos, thank you so much for joining us today. Everybody, welcome back to another episode of Unbreakable Success. I'm excited to have a conversation with uh, somebody who I'm already beginning to think of as a friend. Uh, we've, you know, I, had, I have to apologize to you as you're listening, uh, all of you out there listening and watching, because we've kind of been chatting away and having some conversation. I'm thinking, like, we really need to be recording this because we're starting to get deep into the conversation, but we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll I think we can pick it up with no problem. I, I, yeah. Anyway... For for those that don't know you, uh, Stephanos Sifandos, and we were working on yeah. your name before we started today. <laughs> um, obviously, it, you, you've you've got a lot of accolades behind you. You're, you're an author. You've been doing some. You've been doing speaking internationally. Um, a phenomenal coach on on masculinity and relationships. Uh, can you tell us just tell us a little bit about you? What your work is like today, so people can get a, a good gauge on the things you're doing if they haven't met you already. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for the, the kind introduction. It's a privilege to be here, Aaron, as well. I'm super excited. Um, so for me, I, I blend a combination of uh, neuroempowerment praxis, uh, Western psychological frameworks, and Eastern mysticism in terms of assisting people in cultivating their brilliance, you know, actualizing their potential, or shifting from uh, a place of pain that they may find themselves in or that they're attached to. And so my coaching or I'm not a massive fan of the word coach, but I don't think I have yeah. a better one at this moment, but the mentoring, the that. guiding, <laughs> yeah, the coaching, whatever it may be, the friendship is, um, it, it comes from a place of really wanting to serve and yeah. serve in the sense of how do we liberate ourselves from the tension or the incessant tension that we at times experience. And so the the tools and techniques and how I do that are, again, a combination of what I've mentioned and also leveraging my own personal experiences and, of course, the amazing experiences of other people, such as yourself, such as people that I come into contact with, family, friends, uh, mentors of my own and and other leaders um, of past and present as well. And so... I just really, I'm, I'm very excited about, I'm, I'm crazy about sacred union. I'm crazy about human optimization yeah. in terms of how do we really develop this amazing grand version of self? Yeah. Yeah. That's, you know, and, and I love, I love what you're saying there. Um, especially about the term of whenever I hear the word coach and even though it's funny, it's one of those, we were talking about some uh, quandaries uh, earlier and, you know, it, it, from a business perspective, when you're describing yourself, you have to put something <laughs> and condense it to describe what it is you do. Yeah. And, and I think for for many of us in the work that you do and the work that I do, coach is usually the appropriate word, but I never really feel like it, it, it covers everything. It, you know, it's a little bit difficult. So I appreciate you sharing uh, so much. G- g- give us an idea of, you know, for you, you know, when you think of a... a a client's if there if there is a if there is that ideal person or or, or uh, someone who you meet and right away you're thinking yeah this is somebody I'd love to work with what is that like for you and obviously I'm not expecting you to have just one type of client you like mm-hmm. but you know what are some of the things that that trigger you to recognize that somebody or a group of somebody's are the right people for you to work with mm-hmm. what's that like for mm-hmm. you. 
I love that question. Um, willingness is the yeah. first thing that comes to mind for me. Yeah. And so, and, and to be really honest as well, willingness is something that I look for in my intimate relationships as well. Like yeah. how willing are you to celebrate your joys? How willing are you to celebrate us as a, as a couple? How willing are you to traverse your own pain and your difficulty? How willing are you to look at as much of life as possible yeah. and really absorb it and then be discerning about what you allow in or what you continue to believe is to be true? Sure. For me, that willingness, like whether it be with clients, whether it be my friendships, with any person that I'm interacting with, that willingness is so powerful for me. Yeah. And and it's what it's it's a magnet for me. It's like what I'm really really attracted to, and what I'm also looking for when I'm working with people. Because if we don't have that willingness. We're closed. We're essentially we're coming more from fear than we are from courage. And fear is a it's a constricted, restricted, tight, rigid place to come from. Yeah. And so there's very little wiggle room. And you know, we were speaking a little bit to your your previous career, and and, and like it got me thinking. Like I've done a lot of a lot of work with special forces military, and it's yeah. I've learned so much from working with these people, like so so much. And some of the rigidity that they have found themselves in. Like you would think, how do you even shift from that? Whether it be physically, emotionally, <laughs> yeah, food, absolutely. yet they find a way. Yeah. Willingness. Yeah. Willingness. And it's like, you know, in adverse conditions, whether it be, you know, in our physical environment, in our internal landscape, in our own spirituality and sense of self, when we're, when we're faced with adverse conditions, it's our willingness that instigates our ability to be creative, to move and shift from that place. So if, if I'm with someone that has zero willingness, yeah. It makes it tough. It mm -hmm. makes it really difficult. Yeah. Sure, sure. I, I think we can all relate to it. I mean, regardless of, you know, for, for those listening, regardless of where you are, uh, we've all experienced that in one way or another, whether it's a relationship like you alluded to earlier or, you know, somebody's a, a manager or a CEO or, or a team leader or um, in coaching relationships, we've all been in those situations where we, we are looking to inspire or influence change in someone. Uh, but when there's pushback, it makes it a lot more difficult. So I, 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 I love that. And hopefully, of course, if you're a listener of the show, I'm going to assume that you got some willingness to always be learning something new and, and get some new perspective because that's kind of our jam here. So yeah, <laughs> um, it's the openness. I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm glad to have you here. Well, look, we. To catch people up, because we were, like I mentioned earlier, we were having a conversation earlier about um, about masculinity, and yeah. I was really getting excited to, to have a discussion about the topic because we've never really touched on it, at least from my recollection in any of the episodes that I've had on uh, so far on the podcast here. So, if we can fast forward to 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 masculinity specifically as a topic. Uh, I'd love to get your take on that because that's become at least one of your areas, one of your targeted areas that you you specialize mm. in when you work with uh, clients and groups of people. So, give me an idea of of number one, what kind of sparked that as being something that felt important to you to kind of mm. focus on and, and dive into, and then help others with that mm. that process. And why do you think it's why do you feel like it's so such an important conversation? I certainly have my mm. perspective, but. You're the man here. This is your show now. I, I got <laughs> to hear from you, your take on that. Uh, that's great, Aaron. Thank you. Yeah. So for me, what really what really sparked, there were two two things in retrospect, two, um, one singular experience and yep. then an ongoing experience that really sparked me delving deep into the psychology of masculinity and uh, understanding what it means to be a healthy man in contemporary times. Yeah. And so the first was, my ongoing relationship with my father and the the masculine archetype, the father archetype. It was a very 
unhealthy relationship. There was, uh, as I mentioned earlier, there was violence, emotional abuse. Um, that was really the norm, the aggression, the confrontational uh, approach to problems or to to life. That was you know, the agitation, the frustration, the the, the fear mongering, that was that yeah. was the norm for me. And so it, when I was in that, that was the norm. But when I was out of that, it allowed me to reflect and say, is this really what it means to be a man? Like to, to live with all this tension and fear and essentially bullshit. Like it was just, yeah. it was just so he- much heaviness, you know, yeah. so much heaviness. And so that was one of the catalysts for me to look deeper into my own manhood, my own uh, sense of, of self as mm-hmm. well. Uh, and and of course, as a as a as a side note, I want to I want to make mention that you know the, the old cliche, hurt people hurt people. Yeah. And so this isn't a blaming or an external shaming to my father. You know, for for whatever it's worth, he has. An amazing heart when he's connected to that, and his ability to give and be present is quite phenomenal. It's unfortunate that he can't really, he didn't have the tools and the learning and the understanding to tap into that and the support. He didn't feel supported in his own life. And so the second catalyst for me was a few years ago when I was in an intimate relationship with a woman. We were girlfriend and boyfriend, we were together. and I was unfaithful in that relationship and I was uh, committing infidelity at, at, at rampant rates. And so that all came up undone. She found out and that really, that singular event or experience really, it, it caused me to look, it allowed me to look deeper into, is this the man I want to be in the world? Like, is this, because yeah. my whole world was falling apart. Like, it really was. And, and I couldn't see it. I just thought, oh, this is part of life because I was accustomed to that burn build that we had spoken about. Yeah. So were we were able to build and build and create as men because men have amazing creative energy as well, just in a different way to women, as women have a, a nurturing creative energy as well, or, or the feminine does, rather. And I can go into masculine and feminine, what that actually means in terms of um, gender dynamics as well, like physical gender, beyond binary gender, sure. also inclusive of binary gender as well. And so uh, having that that creation, but then this habit and familiarity of, well, I better burn it before it's taken away from me, at least yeah. you know, self-control. We have control, greater control and autonomy, right? But it's a yeah. false sense of autonomy and it's an unhealthy autonomy because we're not really allowing ourselves to appreciate what we're creating. And so we're creating um, out of insecurity, out of hyper-selfishness, out of fear and out of pain. And mm-hmm. this is all suppressed and, and oppressed and within ourselves and, and unconscious. And so that that opportunity, that breakup and that process gave me an opportunity to deep dive into me. Mm-hmm. And so I did that. I, I let go of my businesses. I, I went into debt because I stopped. I literally stopped working. I, wow. um, I, I just spent hours every day, eight to 15 hours a day on personal growth, like on my own personal growth. I sought counselors, spiritual healers, guides, mentors. I put everything I had into that. I I spent time in nature. I spent hours meditating, reading, being with self, uh, crying, breaking down, releasing, like emotive cathartic releases. Uh, uh, You know, I immersed myself in physical activities or to keep my body moving and at least be able to change my state to, to flux as often as possible to have some, some level of, reprieve, um, yeah. surround myself where I could with good people. I let go of a lot of friends. I completely I, – I just stripped down and stripped away everything I was at an ego self, at a spiritual self. I was raw. I was just isolated most of the time, um, mm. and it also served me as well. I needed that. Yeah. 
Yeah. That was my journey into that. That was that was me. And so the first part of your question was, you know, what was the catalyst for all that? And then the, the second part, I believe, if I remember correctly, is like, like how do we begin begin to define masculinity? Because yeah. it is such a, a complex conversation. It's one about culture. It's one about environment. But it's also one about our physicality, how our biology, our neurobiology, our physiology, men's physiology influences our behavior as well, coupled with what is the environment or the culture of that time say and, and the culture of the past and how that's permeated into contemporary times and how we just sit there. And so, you know, scholars will argue, like, is it, is it, is it our biology that dictates our masculinity? What is masculinity? Is it, is it purely culture? I believe it's a combination of both. And I believe that every man needs to set out to define his own sense of masculinity. But I'm not going to leave people there and say, hey, go define your own masculinity. <laughs> I teach this stuff. so like, I'll, and I'd, I'm, I'm I'd be stupid. calling you back. <laughs> You're not getting off that easy. <laughs> no, definitely not. So there's a couple of things, and I'm going to start with two major points. So yeah. I've developed a framework which has 12 principles, and these principles, they feed into each other, and there is a circular model, and one is not dependent on the other. However, they are reliant on each other to some degree to to create a harmony and balance within the, the expressive self. And so there's two elements of masculinity that I'm really, really excited about, and they are inclusivity and sustainability. Mm-hmm. So let me elaborate on those. History <laughs> has shown us as men generally, generally speaking, so this is generalizing, yep. to be quite isolating, to be lone rangers, to be also quite separating and segregating. And we can see that in our cultural practices. We can see that in our political systems. I and mean, we can see that that it, it wasn't until the 70s that women just started to get more rights, like some legitimate rights in yeah. terms of what they were able to do and be in society. So we've been quite controlling and oppressing as a gender. We haven't been inclusive in our decision-making as individuals and as collectives. Yep. We've taken a superior ground. And then there's, there's subgroups within men as well that uh, have like caste systems of inferior and superior. Yep. That's not sustainable. No. Right? So <laughs> it's, just, it's not, it's for, for our level of consciousness and awareness sure. as society and where we're going and, and how technology is feeding into the, the, the rapidness of our decision making and how we grow as a society, this is just not going to cut it anymore. This, this sense of exclusivity and short-term gain, selfish, hyper-selfish short-term gain. And so we begin by looking at ourselves as men and saying, how do we operate in the world, the actions that we take, the thoughts that we have, the belief systems and decisions that we make, and the emotions that we feel, are they inclusive and are they sustainable? To me, if every man can start from that place, don't even worry about the 12 principles. And I've, and that, yeah. that, I mean, that's, the, and they're, they're really deep as well. We'll go into them if you, if you like, but, um, don't even worry about them. Just start with sustainability and inclusivity. I believe that will change the entire cultural paradigm and landscape of the way we interact at a gender level. And it will begin to open up the conversation. And I'm not saying anything new here, you know, like yeah. this has been going on for thousands of years. This has been hundreds of years. Um, this will open up the conversation for, um, what's the word I want to use? I don't want to. I don't want to say cultural relativity. That's not. That's not quite the right term. I, I want to say it's going to open up a conversation for equity, equity, yeah. equity yeah. in our society. You know, like yeah. that. That to me, that's super powerful. Like, and hey, I I get it. I'm coming from a 
I'm coming from a place of I'm a uh, I'm a young male. I'm mid thirties. I'm, I'm male. I'm Caucasian. I'm middle class. Like I get, I get. There's a complexity here with this, right? Sure. And however, we have to look at that. We have to. We, if we want to, if we want to create equity in our society, we have to take ownership and responsibility, which happens to be the first principle of uh, the conscious warrior, the framework. Yeah. Ownership and responsibility of who we've been as a collective, who we are, and where we're going. Yeah. And just get real. Just get real with who we are. That's yeah. that's the simplicity of it. Yeah, I, I love it. You and I are on the same page. I have. <clears throat> uh, it's it's funny because you t- you tapped on the, the beginning points of talking about. Um, taking ownership and responsibility and and i i, I have a, a, a framework elsewhere for for something else not touching on that masculinity but that's a starting point but i think you know with it's pretty universal and it's certainly applicable uh in this topic of masculinity uh as we're discussing it today that you know w- we have to take ownership of our decision making and take ownership of the process and take ownership of of what beliefs we're going to perpetuate as as men and and if it if if it doesn't start there if it doesn't start with okay i'm choosing to then then you're losing game because then you're either you know blaming somebody before you or blaming you know society for oh this is just the way it is and that's when all the power is depleted from the decision making which makes it kind of interesting for somebody to claim some masculinity or authority if you're passing the buck in the first place so uh I'm, i'm with you i'm with you there so, well, well, talk me through this then, because I, 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 I completely agree with the idea of inclusivity, and you are certainly right. If we look at it from any type of historical standpoint, whether we're talking about in, in business and corporate, or just society in general, um, you know, economic status, all those things, there's, there's, there's certainly been, especially from, a, you know, from the male historical male perspective, it's just a long history of you know, us versus them on so many different mm. levels. Uh, and it's certainly, it's certainly something, fortunately, I, I see in recent years, it's funny you touched on my, my, my career um, that's ending now. I have, for, for those that don't know, I have a career in law enforcement. I'm five months away from retirement oh. <laughs> as, a, as a police captain. But it's interesting, interesting because, you know, I, I've been doing it since the 19, mid-1990s, actually right in the middle of the 1990s. I got hired and I started that career in 1995. So even in that relatively short window, we're talking 20 some odd years from then till now, the whole, I, the, the whole masculinity, if I remember some of the, some of the people, I was going to use the word dinosaur, <laughs> some, of, some, of the, some of the people, some of the men that, that were there in that career when I started, uh, and just the, the behavioral norms and what things were accepted from everything, from language, the way you carry yourself in a demeanor, the way you spoke to people, what was accepted now versus what is acceptable now. It is night and day. Mm. And and I think it's, it's, it's an excellent thing because there's so much more self-awareness. Uh, there, there's so much more inclusivity and there's a lot less, you know, this is me and you are you and, and I'm showing up here and, and there's not even any conversation. It's just orders, orders, orders. That is not completely situationally dependent, but in large part on a day-to-day basis, that just doesn't happen anymore. And like you and exactly what you said earlier, it wasn't sustainable. 
Mm. It certainly was wasn't sustainable, um, especially in today's. And it's funny you're you're spot on when you when you mention technology as being one of the reasons it's not sustainable, um, because you know I, I started in an era before most people had cell phones. As, as crazy as that sounds, you know, I got hired. We were still using typewriters, and you know, I was dialing from the payphone on the corner if I had to call somebody. Uh, but just in that short span of a couple decades, a lot of things have changed. Yeah. And a lot of things that we tolerated as 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 a society when it comes to masculinity, it doesn't fly anymore. And yeah. it's certainly not a perfect scenario. And obviously this the social media and the way that the speed in which the speed and the scale in which news and information travels, uh, it's not all perfect, but I certainly do think it helps in terms of what what we'll no longer tolerate. It's not a perfect system, but I think it is a system that has allowed for some progress as far as as that goes. So from um, from the st- from the jump off board, as you were talking about, from uh, inclusion and sustainability, where do you go next from there? Because I mentioned you had twelve steps. I don't know that we'll get to all of them today, but, yeah, uh, but I'm loving not. it. I'm loving it. I, yeah. I, 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 I want to at least continue this conversation so we can make it useful, and then obviously, uh, I'm definitely going to invite people to follow up with you. Uh, yeah. After after we get off the call today, but what's what, where do you go from there? Yeah, so so we go into the first principles: ownership and responsibility. So personal ownership and responsibility, and that elicits a sense of power and empowerment. Mm-hmm. And so we make the unconscious conscious. We we bring what is very far, what for lack of a better term. Uh, or metaphorically speaking, very far away from us, and we bring it close to us. So when it becomes conscious, it becomes like Play-Doh, like it becomes malleable. And so when we can begin to construct our lives as we want. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're, we're really in a massive transition, transitory period right now with respect to what it means to being a man. And so I, w- I want to I give my... Um, not definition, but my interpretation of masculinity and femininity as well. Because... It's, we, we, there's sometimes a misconception that um, when we're speaking to masculinity, we're speaking to men. The, the two terms are not interchangeable. So mm-hmm. as human beings, being in a physical world, we live in a dual reality. And that means that we live in, in a realm of opposites, essentially. So, you know, up, down, um, left, right, uh, right, wrong, um, yeah. you know, ground, sky. We live, in, we live in a relational construct, a, a construct of reference points. Yep. You can't know something without the other, in other words. That's mm-hmm. basically what it means. And so we're in constant relationship with something. That means we're in. There's there's a dualism there in life, and so masculinity and femininity reside both. Um, they both reside within every human being, within every sentient sure. being. Yep. And all it really means is just it's a state of expression. Mm-hmm. And so the dominant state of expression has been what we consider masculine traits, masculine expressive traits, independence, um, dominance. Um, this this control this possessiveness and so what but that that, they're not healthy control and possessiveness is not healthy Mm. mastery and inclusivity is healthy they're healthy masculine expressive traits so we've come from a when we look back at history we've come from a lot of fear and fear has driven our actions our behaviors our thoughts our ideologies and they've become the norm and therefore we've become very segregating and so we've used our power in an autocratic way in an oppressive way as opposed to using our power to build right Mm -hmm. we've used our power to build but selfish interests and that's really important so part of the ownership and personal power is one acknowledging that acknowledging 
the and this is a very complex. Well, I don't even like to say this because uh, <laughs> I was going to say the word patriarchy, but how patriarchy as a as a system, and I understand what the the definition of patriarchy means, but what's happened is it's it's permeated as a as a systemic influence in the way we geopolitically do our do our life, our economics, our businesses, and so these traits have become the norm. They've become uh, hyper present and so there's there's less balance of the feminine expressive traits mm-hmm. and so ownership and personal power allows us to take responsibility for who we are as individuals it allows us to say right we don't need to tell lies anymore about ourselves we can tell the truth and the truth lays a foundation for facts so the truth isn't exactly what sets us free our willingness and our tenacity and our uh, resilience and our perseverance and our practice and our attention and our intention is what sets us free or liberates Mm. us from suffering but the truth lays a foundation for all of those virtues to be expressed because if we're coming from lies we're going to just perpetuate more lies and so personal power and ownership is just a massive a massive component and it's the first it's the first it's the first lesson in the uh, in the conscious warrior framework and it so really allows us to be uh, healthier men. And so it's not just about ownership and personal power. It's about creating safety and stability in our own lives, like creating a more secure sense of self by looking at ourselves in whole. Because when we take ownership and responsibility and power for who we, we take steed for who we are, we're not moving through life in a fractured way. We're not moving through life in a broken way or a disconnected way or in parts way because we're looking at the whole of us and saying, you know what, I spent a lot of years being aggressive. I spent a lot of years being really selfish. I actually expressed narcissistic traits. Um, I, I was uh, a violent person. I was very passive. I didn't stand up for myself. And so when we start taking ownership of all that we've been, we become safe, right? So, yeah. so we begin become safe to other people because other people see a whole version of ourselves. They, they're not guessing about who are we. Mm-hmm. And so this becomes like it, we hold then a conscious vision for ourselves, and that, to me, is more authentic masculinity. It moves away from from um, oppression and domination um, and dominion over anything that we consider less than. We mm-hmm. begin to look at life in a more equitable way, yeah. and there's less division. Yeah. And so that's that becomes very powerful for me in terms of a, a principle. Yeah, you know, I, you just said a word in, um, when you when you said the word authenticity. Uh, I, I think that's a big piece of this. Uh, at least in my experience when it comes to the the idea and the expression of masculinity. Um, because, you know, f- from most of the time, um, from what I've seen, when people can, when people try to express that, that old school version of masculinity, if you will, with the, you know, expressing dominance, but you can tell it's just such a facade. It's like this mask, uh, like Lewin House wrote the uh, Lewis House wrote the book Mask of Mascul uh, the Mask mm. of Masculinity a little bit ago, uh, and I was thinking that because it's it, I just thought it was a great uh, title because it's so it's it's you see it all the time, you know the the person that's acting overly tough or or wants to let everybody know how strong he is or dominant they are, uh, but most of the time it's a facade. Once you break right through it, um, you see that there's there's pain behind it. There's fear behind it, and it's and it's really not 
an expression of bravery. We talked about this earlier, I'll get to it. It's not an expression of bravery when they're trying to act overly powerful and dominant. It's actually, it's actually an attempt to hide the fear and the hurt that's behind us. I mentioned, uh, we, we were saying earlier before we started recording today, I, I brought up the idea that a lot of times I think people make the mistake of uh, trying to express or trying to compare masculinity with bravery as if they're the same exact thing. So, mm. so people feel that if they, 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 if they are going to be masculine, if they want to attempt to be more masculine and have people look at them as like, oh, look at this, this strong person, this masculine, dominant, fearless person, then that means they just have to act brave all the time. Um, but to your point, to the point of authenticity, that's just a massive mistake, you know, because the 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 the, the lack of you know that the, the the need. It's just when you think about it, it's kind of insane. The this idea that someone would need to constantly act or behave as if they are the strongest, most fearless being in the room in mm. order to be considered masculine, and they are just always brave. It's nonsense. You know, I can't tell you how many times I went to, I've talked about it earlier, I spent 15 years on the SWAT team. I can't tell you how many mm. times I was I was scared as hell going to a job because, you know, we had intel on the people that were there. So there, there, there was fear there. But that fear was turned into awareness and focus and remembrance. And, mm. you know, there's the breathing techniques, there's a the visualization. But if there was no willingness to be authentic and say, okay, this is a scary scenario. And because this is a scary scenario that could be potentially dangerous, and I'm jumping into an, uh, an example that I re didn't realize I was jumping into. But <clears> the, the fact that there was fear there and the fact that, you know, we as a team were honest about having that fear, it, it allowed for us to access our tools. It almost created a necessity for us to access other resources, whether it be breathing, skills, visualization, all these things. But if you know, in that kind of scenario, if I only clung to, oh, I just have to be brave, then it almost shuts out everything else. Mm. And it, it almost shuts the doors on on the easy access to all those tools and, and those things. And, and I think in day-to-day -day life, um, putting that example aside in day-to-day -day life, I think we're willing to just be authentic as opposed to attempting to be something that we think we're supposed to be. Case in point, masculinity. I think that authenticity mm -hmm. allows us to open the doors and be willing to open the doors to okay. I'm, you know, there's all these other resources um, that I can access because I may need them. You know, because I am fearful. I am a little bit. Uh, I don't have much confidence in this scenario. And what can I? What can I use? I think it creates an avenue for um, better performance, which is, if I'm not mistaken, behind the work that you do is really about performance. Uh, and I, I, yes. think that, I think that word, the word you used, authenticity, is is, is a perfect word in this uh, in this case. Yeah. yeah, massive about it's very much about performance. Like, I mean, we can perform poorly or we can perform in excellence. Like, mm. that's a I think that's a massive uh, that's a massive part of what we, you know, we we let we let that go. Like, we we have uh, an opportunity to to move in excellence, like in every area of our life, like whether it be excellence, like <clears throat> devotion and excellence. Like I really, for me, they're, they're, they're human traits, like they're yeah. healthy human traits, devotion, yes. excellence. Like, but when we're speaking to men and changing the paradigm and, and switching around the paradigm of, 
unhealthy masculinity to healthy masculinity. You know, we're talking about deep devotion in self mm-hmm. and to a purpose and to cause or purposes mm-hmm. and, and having and carrying healthy pride in in, in in what we do and how we move through the world, excellence in treating ourselves and others and in every way that we show up. And this isn't to put immense pressure on us because we don't want to be attached to this excellence. Sure. But we want to strive and embody excellence. We choose that over, hey, this is too much for me, so I'm going to either revert to being oppressive and subjugating or I'm going to disappear and be passive and meek. Yeah. That old paradigm is just... Yeah. It's not. It's not going to work anymore. Not. Yeah. Not for the level of connectedness and globalization that we're experiencing as a society now. Yeah. Where Where are you seeing the most? Um, obviously, you've been doing this for a bit. Where are you seeing the most tangible changes? If we can, if we can put this in a setting for for the day to day male uh, that's just going through life, and and up comes this conversation of masculinity, and they think to themselves, "Okay, is this or is this not applicable?" For me, I'm just the average Joe. I'm not, you know, I'm not some tough guy. I'm not a, uh, I'm not any, you know, someone who doesn't feel like they are at either extreme. How, how do you think, how do you see this as a tangible asset on a regular basis? Because uh, I think it'd be valuable for people to, to, to understand and, and, and really talk about how having this discussion and getting real about it and being authentic about it really does make a difference Um in the different contexts of their lifestyle. Yeah. If I'm understanding the question, you're asking, where am I seeing where am I seeing this most prominent in terms of this this ability to potentially like what area of our of our society um, where men are active is this is is a transition from unhealthy to healthy masculinity more likely to take place initially? Is that what you're asking? Yeah. Well, I actually, yeah. and I apologize. I should reframe that. Uh, where are you seeing the the benefits for people that engage with uh, with you and are willing yes. to have this conversation and and be willing to open to new ideas about masculinity yeah. in and of itself? When people are willing to 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 open their mind and, and engage in this and, and shift from what may be an old perspective to uh, a more inclusive perspective, the, the, the masculinity as, uh, as you teach it, and obviously you, you're very in-depth with, with, with the work that you do, in what areas of those people's lives who are willing to engage uh, and challenge their, their ideas and their thoughts about masculinity, where are you seeing, in what way are you seeing those people benefit from that shift from the old to a more progressive yes. yeah. uh, idea? Yeah, absolutely. So first and foremost in them in themselves, like in their own sense of self. So they so to put in something tangible, their yeah. confidence is raising. Yeah. And it's rising. And and what I mean by confidence, I don't mean egoic pride, I don't mm-hmm. mean uh, arrogance. Uh, I'm I'm very very specific about their sense of self, the way they view themselves, their self-talk is more compassionate and yeah. less rigid and less judgmental. Yeah. The way they've seen how they've behaved, there's more forgiveness. There's yeah. more empathy. So they're, in other words, the, 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 the marker of social and emotional intelligence is rising within the individual, within mm-hmm. the man. Yeah. Then from there, he, once he gets a, a deeper hold of that and he's, he's more connected with it, he feels more open to be that person 
in his intimate relationships, the relationships where he feels most safe in. Generally, not the men that he's been mixing with in the past, unless they happen to be a healthy conduit of masculine expression, yep. which the, the chances are it's not. And so to give you an example, many of the, the ex-military guys that I've worked with and the special forces guys that I've worked with, there's a reason why they we've worked together. And and so they've let they, – they come to me and it's like, they're like, I can't relate to the boys anymore. I can't relate to the guys anymore. Like yeah. I want to change my life. I don't want to keep drinking. I don't want to keep yeah. suppressing. I want to keep taking drugs. I don't want to keep forgetting. I just – I want to be different. I, I want to be healthier. I can't relate to these guys anymore. And I yeah. feel like I'm losing everyone around me. And so because, you know, yeah. you'd know – better than, than most, Aaron, that, that sense of camaraderie that you develop, yeah. that, you, that you cultivate and you bond under deep adversity, under yeah. life and death circumstances. I yeah. mean, that shit's irreplaceable. Like you, yeah. But then what happens when your values change, right? Yeah. Like what happens when your values change and the values of your peer groups haven't? And so the reason I, that I went into a side note there is that men don't then really go to their peer group because for the majority of the time they haven't shifted and they have as individuals. Yep. And so they go to maybe their wives, their sisters, they'll go, they'll go to women more than anything else. Now, mm -hmm. again, healthy women. Now, this doesn't mean, so for some men that are listening to this, because I get this all the time, oh, but then we're becoming feminized and we're not becoming men and we're losing yeah. our sense of masculinity. No, 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 no. Shh, 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 shh. Stop. <laughs> Stop. You're not losing your sense of masculinity. That's not going anywhere. It's only going to go somewhere if you're moving in extremes. So if you've yes. moved in extremes in one end and then you're going to the other end, then yes, you will lose that and you'll lose a lot more than that. Yeah. However, if you retain that sense of sovereignty, so I've developed a model around what I call sovereign leadership and there's 14 principles in that. Mm -hmm. And so you, you, you hold yourself in a discerning, confident way in your sense of, of um, sovereignty and who you are as a person. You won't lose yourself. We have this this fallacy that if we're spending time with women, we're be, we're going to become hyper feminine. Right. No. What about the opportunity of complementing that femininity and using that femininity as a, a, as a reference point, as an opposite to strengthen your healthy masculinity? Yeah. And when you're in a sound frame of mind and an open, willing frame of mind, that's what generally happens. Yeah, I love it. That's a, that's a that's it's a great answer, and, it, and it's. <clears throat> I, I love the fact that you talked about how uh, the result of this, uh, one of the first results of this is an increase in confidence and, and that emotional and social intelligence. And uh, th that, I, I, I don't think you can put a price tag on that because that's, that can be for, for many people and I just from as, as coaches <laughs> to use the air quotes, you know, we, we, I think we understand more than most how, how powerful that can be and how much of how much of a secret that is for most people meaning the lack of personal confidence and the lack of yes. the lack of emotional mastery and emotional intelligence and social intelligence um, i think people i think people underestimate how many people struggle with how many people struggle with Massively. that and Massively. they overestimate how hard it would be for them to improve it in in themselves yeah, uh, and so uh, like, that's a uh, sorry. No, continue. Sorry to interrupt you. I just had a thought, but go on. No, no, no. That that that, that was it. I, I was I was just saying. I think people uh, underestimate how many people deal with that mm -hmm. as a day to day issue. That lack mm -hmm. of confidence and, and, and emotional and social mm -hmm. stability. I think people so many more people than than 
the list, you, the listener and, and viewer, realize are dealing with those same struggles. And I think it's important for for anyone listening to understand that if they are one of those people who are in in those honest moments when they're not masking yeah. and when they're not suppressing yep. and they're not over drinking and they're not just you know deluding themselves numbing. by just yeah. numbing themselves, whether it's with mm. TV or just you mm. know the friends from high school and just hiding the reality when they're in that yeah. moment of clarity. Uh, and they realize, you know what, this this is a struggle for me, which is why I'm always trying to distract myself. Uh, it's yeah. not uncommon, and and I think no. people, I think people should uh, more people. Hope, I'm hoping that people, as they're listening to you, um, feel some permission to to take a step towards you know making a shift in, in there. Go ahead. I, I, I know you had. A I hope so. Yeah, yeah. No, Aaron, I completely agree with you, and I, I'd love to give some context because I don't want to just. Just say, hey, social emotional intelligence, and then let people ask, well, what does that actually mean? Let me give yeah. some. I mean, let me give some context to that. And emotional intelligence again is not a complex notion; it's just a very layered notion. But let me let me uh, express what that means in context, like in actual, real, tangible terms. Yeah, and so, when men begin to develop this sense of uh, a greater sense of emotional intelligence and social intelligence, there are a couple of characteristics that that come with that. And so. When, when we don't have that emotion, when we don't carry that emotional and social intelligence, that ability to interact in a group with people and so forth, we isolate ourselves. So our mm-hmm. sense of self-worth is low. Our self-esteem is low. Our self-value is low. And when we act from that place, it, it's detrimental to, to society but also yeah. to us. Like it hurts us. Mm-hmm. And we're in, we live in this constant pain and loneliness. And so the moment you begin to raise your sense of emotional intelligence – In this case, let me just give two examples or two characteristics, compassion and empathy. And so when you you become more emotionally intelligent and socially intelligent, you're able to relate to people at deeper levels and you're able to gauge the situation. So you have more environmental or situational awareness as well. And so you act from that place and you act from a greater sense of confidence because you have a greater sense of knowing, knowledge, wisdom, gnosis. And so that compassion and empathy, you can relate and you can feel people. And so you communicate from that place as opposed to communicating from a place of I've got no idea what's going on. I'm just going to retract because I don't want to embarrass myself <laughs> because men are meant to know everything. Yeah. And if I don't know everything and relate in the right in the right way, then I'm going to be deemed as stupid. Then I'm going to be put in the out group and then the brainstem is going to act, act up and fire mm-hmm. up and I'm going to feel like I'm, I'm about to be annihilated. And all of a sudden I'm 70,000 years ago and I'm in the out group and I'm cold and I'm alone and there's a wildebeest <laughs> that's going to eat me. Yeah. Long story, right? So <laughs> beyond that, what happens is we all want to belong. This is a very yeah. primal thing. We all want to have a sense of belonging, a sense of union, and a sense of inclusion. And so when we <clears throat> raise our sense of emotional intelligence and social intelligence, we immediately feed into that primal biological need to belong. Yeah. And so men become less isolated. They come less from fear. They don't leverage their physical prowess and strength in a negative way that is excluding, yeah. exclusion and isolating, but rather they leverage their strength in a healthy way that allows people, that build people up as well, allows people to be part of the tribe. Yeah. And that, my friend, is what I get excited about when I see men become more confident and yeah. carry levels of emotional intelligence yeah. and that is just one component yeah. that link i've just made that cl- is just one component of what happens yeah. that's exciting yeah and and, and I, I i love that and and that for 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 you as you're listening that is that is like the diving board into improved leadership ability improved relationship ability improved I mean, whether it's intimate relationships at home with your children with your peers it, it allows for the capacity to improve those connections either from in, in the workplace or in a personal environment. 
um, that that sense of inclusion. It's it's funny. I, I my brain keeps going back to the old styles of leadership, the old carrot and stick. You know, <laughs> like the old, the, old, the old way of doing things, uh, the old way of, you know, dealing with social problems. There, there's an old, um, there used to be an old bumper sticker in the, the old locker room. Got, I, I don't even know what decade it was from. I'm going to guess the 50s or 60s. Um, but you, you probably heard the phrase before, the beatings will continue until morale improves. <laughs> and that was sort of that, that archaic idea of leadership. You know, where just you just keep pounding, away. you just pound at the problem until you cheer. I'm gonna we'll pound you until you cheer up. Um, but, sure, it reminds me of my, of my father. Like I'll give you something to cry about. Yes. Bang! I can, yes. I'm still crying. <laughs> yes, I, I, and I think, and it's funny because I think most of us, and this is, I love this conversation because in in just in this particular era, you know, this this this, this time that we're in. It, it seems to me that people that are that are in our, our age group in 30s and 40s, you know, we are old enough where we most of us had parents who have said those types of things, not because they were bad parents. It was just it was just the way parenting was done. And again, I'm completely generalizing here, but we've at least heard of those comments. You know, if the child is crying, you say, I'll give you something to cry about. Um, but I think in large part because of that. That social awareness and, and the, the information exchange that we have and, and people like you, um, Steph, that are willing to, to, to be the leaders and at the forefront of these things to say, OK, what are we actually doing and creating here by perpetuating these old archaic versions of, um, of leadership, for a better word, or dominance? And, and where does that lead? You know, when 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 we like you said, when we just when we block someone out or we make them feel like they're on the outs instead of including them because they're doing something we don't particularly agree with, what does that create? And is there something we can, is there a choice, a different choice we can make that, that's going to lead us to more of the results that we're looking for? I, I, I love that conversation and it's it's crazy. I'm looking at the clock here. We're 46 minutes in and I, I could easily go for another couple of hours because I got like eight more different topics and I think we have 11 <laughs> more pieces of your wheel that we could get to. <laughs> so I, I think we could probably do a good 12-hour marathon here if you wanted to. Love it. Um, but I, I want to get to to something really important because this is something, it, for those that are still listening right now, this is a conversation that I think – uh, man or woman, I think it's a conversation that is really needs to be, um, we need to d dive deeper into it. So can you please let people know how they can reach out to you and, and continue this conversation, work with you and get more. Um, and I can tell you already, I'm a fan. I love this conversation because it's so relevant, re so relevant to me and in the life I came up with in, in the career I came up with, up in. And, and I definitely, you know, I'm happy to learn from you and I'm appreciative. So uh, how can we continue this conversation, my friend? Let us know. Thank you. Uh, thank you for your kind words, Aaron. This has been an amazing conversation. I, my, I share the same sentiment, and we could keep going for hours and yeah. hours, and I love that. <laughs> um, I'm glad I've made, a, I've made a friend on the east coast of the yeah, US man. after moving here a few short months ago. Um, you can find me on any of my social media handles, Stephanos Stefandos, uh, S-T-E-F-A-N-O-S, uh, S-I-F-A-N-O-S. 
A-N-D-O-S. It's, I don't think anyone else will come up. <laughs> just be me with that name. <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure no one else has that name. Um, so yeah, you'll, you'll find me on, on social media. If you want to join, if you're a man, you want to join my Conscious Warrior Facebook group, um, The Conscious Warrior, please feel free to do that. Um, reclaimyourkingdom.com is a three ma- is a three month online immersive for men, and that begins uh, end of February, February twenty sixth, I believe. Um, so we've already started taking intakes for that. It's uh, an amazing opportunity to get real support from other men, healthy men, connect, learn the principles of the conscious warrior, deep dive into self, and just make some massive changes behaviorally, neurologically, relationally, yeah, every area of your life. And so that's a very exciting. Uh, it's, it's a program very close to my heart journey very close to my heart and you'll be able to find me at um yeah on my website as well and it's same as my social media handles yeah nice beautiful man i I appreciate it listen for everybody listening who didn't grab a pen and write down (laughs) the spelling of stefano's full name uh if you just go to aaronkeithhawkins.com type in a search bar you'll see it on the top right of the screen just type s-t-e-f steph Nobody can mess that up. <laughs> type, <laughs> type Steph into the search bar and hit enter, and you'll find this, this episode. Um, and then I'll have I'll link up all your your connections to social media, your websites um, for for those that are sort of uh, writing implement impaired at the moment. Uh, go, <laughs> type Steph on AaronKeithHawkins.com. We'll make sure we get get you connected, Steph. I'm going to call it right now. Uh, we are going to need, at least have a part two. Uh, to this yes. conversation or at least a continued conversation because I'd love to get into a chat about relationships as well. Yes. Um, you know, husband, wife, the, the, those those types of relationships and how we can maybe share some nuggets of wisdom to give some support yeah. there. Um, Very excited Those about are things that, that, that's the coaching I love to do is, you know, with relationships and influence. So I'd, mm-hmm. I'd love to jam on with you on that. Definitely. Uh, I, I, I got to take a minute just to, just to honor you. I, I got so much respect and appreciation for the work you're doing. It is it is needed. Um, there needs to be another hundred of you uh, out there Thank sharing you. this to, to, to men in this world. And I, I mean it. I'll just say that from, you know, I'm not just blowing steam because you're a guest. I, I, I say that because I've came up, I've come up in a very masculine career. Um, I've seen some of the changes that have take, taken place, good changes, but there there's a lot more work to do. And I'm glad that there are people like you leading the charge so thank you so much and we're going to talk again soon so everybody if you're man that uh, steph's leaving for now don't worry we'll have him back i promise he don't know yet but he's coming back on the show <laughs> until <laughs> next time everyone we'll see you next time on unbreakable success thanks for joining us thanks again steph i appreciate you my friend thank you Rollo. all right take care thank you so much hey it's aaron and thanks again for joining me if you liked that episode please make sure you hit subscribe to make sure you get the next one Also, to get a free copy of my book, Million Dollar Influence, plus access to free training and free one-on-one coaching to improve your influence, relationships, and personal confidence, just visit AaronKeithHawkins.com to get it all. That's AaronKeithHawkins.com.